Um, hi, I'm Temi Amadou, co-founder of African Investment Club. Yeah, hi, I'm, I'm Jason Jackson, I'm also a co-founder of the African Investment Club. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, man, thank God for Clubhouse. This is another Clubhouse Connect, and I have Timmy and Jason from the African Investment Club, and they are going to give us the game on what, you know, is being done in this club, what is being said. You guys know from the beginning of Clubhouse, at least when I got on, I was like, we got to have talk Africa, we got to talk Black. So I thank you all for coming on. And give us, you know, who wants to start off and tell us how this club came about and what is the purpose? Okay. So um, we, this club actually came about through Jason. He's um, been like the, the main person who had all the contacts between eight of us. So we're a team of eight individuals. Um, we've come together to invest in Africa. The purpose of it was, you know, starting a conversation and getting us investing in something. But what better way to do than to invest in, you know, the invest in Africa where we're all from. Um, so we just started to look into the best way to invest. Um, and we, yeah, we invested in Ghana in the end on an agriculture. So we now have a pineapple farm currently. Jay, do you have anything? Awesome, awesome. And Jason, um, when you got in the clubhouse, and you said, I got to have this club. Was it always to do group projects or did you just want people to kind of share the different investments that they had or that they wanted to do on the continent? Um, right. The, the, the actually interesting story there is that um, Africa Investment Club, um, AIC, was actually um, in process before Clubhouse. So it, it just happened that when Clubhouse kicked in, and a few of us joined. We had to, I, I think a, a lot of the team members, we actually joined late um, um, November, November um, point. So we just thought, okay, great. Let's create. We didn't know how Clubhouse would go and what would be the, the, the moves around that. So what we just done was, okay, we're just going to create the African Investment Club on that space. And to us, um, as part of our joining, we, we know as an investment club, eight of us, that we wanted to be, um, create also a space where we will be able to allow other um, young um, Africans or uh, those in the diaspora that wants to invest in the motherland to have the right space to be able to have the conversation. Bearing in mind that we're already on our own journey, we also wanted to be able to share our own journey through that process with other people and either learn from other people or people can learn from us. But either way, the club has kind of fitted in into part of our long-term agenda at the beginning point when we started. And that was um, pretty much um, just before um, March um, um, last year. And that was to say, we are going to be creating an offering for training, networking. And so club has just kind of just perfectly fitted into that um, plan so yeah um but now really the the mission has been we wanted a space for other 
um, Africans and diasporans and people with um, interest in the motherland to have the space to have a conversation and also to bring experts in that can come in and aid other people that might have questions. Because at the end of the day, um, investing in Africa is not going to be a light work if you're not on ground. And even those on ground, it's just about that shared knowledge and shared experiences to us. Yeah. Okay. And, it, you know, this is the perfect time because more and more people due to flight changes and, you know, prices in the last 15 years, people have been going back to Africa or Africa for the first time. Um, I am from Oakland. My, my grandmother is from Arkansas. And even she's been, you know, when I was a kid, she went to like Egypt, whatnot, and, and different countries. And she, you know, just traveled. But now we're seeing even younger and younger people take that journey. How important is it, do you think, to both of you, that we just don't become a bunch of tourists to Africa, but actually planting seeds there and investing in, you know, really giving something that can grow and blossom even for our kids and our kids' kids? Um, I, I can jump on this, and I know Temi's definitely got that. Uh, to me, um, you've hit a you've hit a, a very big you've made a big statement in terms of how do we not um look at africa as just a notorious destination mm-hmm. uh, just to tickle our uh, um um our box of saying oh great being to africa is you know all of that and, and to me investing is definitely one of those and also looking at africa in terms of um you have to look at it that you have to be part of changing the narrative so to me a visit to any african country or a visit to africa is i i call it spiritual cleansing i call it spiritual experience because if you look at a thing from a spiritual uh, experience you're also looking at okay how do i maintain this feeling that i have and to us we we already knew that it wasn't just okay going for the great return and going there and having the fun and the, the mm-hmm. party and all of that for a week or two and go back. We, had, we, we knew we had to do something that not only um, sowing the seed on the ground for um, a greater return for us as entrepreneurs and as business people, but also making an impact on ground as well. And that means um, we also know that it's not going to be a process. It's going to be an easy one. It's just not going to be something overnight. So um, meaning it's going to be a long process, but either way for that process to be, um, to, to come to fruition, we need to be patient with it and we need to go as a collective. And that's why for us going as um, a group of eight in investing in Africa meant we were support mechanism for each other because life happens, but someone will always know that, uh, there's someone that's got my back. There's an interest, you know, collectively. Sometimes it might, it might just be a word of an encouragement. It could just be, okay, fine. You know, you might not be feeling that great this couple of months or whatever. You might not feel the need to be, but we've got you. So to us, we if there was a community feel to it, we knew there was the um, possibility, and I still believe there is a possibility that we will go longer and our interest in Africa will be very long-term and not just touristy. And just to ice that off, you need to go outside of the capitals when you go to Africa because that's really where the experience are. And I think with that, you definitely, um, it it does give that 
um, experience that's much bigger than that. Yeah. So just to kind of back what Jason's saying, just think it's, it's important when you look at Africa, you don't just see, you know, sun and fun. You kind of see, you know, the economy, what you want to do to better your yourself as well to better the economy in Africa, to better the people that live there as well. So if you if you kind of have the heart and the mind to, you know, kind of do what is what is best for the people that are actually live in there, instead of I mean, tourism is does play quite a big part in the economy as well. So we don't discourage that at all. But it'll be nice when investing, you can offer people jobs and stuff, get people hired and you can kind of help out um those who are in need without having to just give money, you know what I mean? So if you're hiring, at least you know that you're helping them long-term instead of short-term. So if we have kind of those things in the back of our minds when we're um, kind of looking at Africa as a place to invest. Um, and yeah, I think that's quite important. I love that, you know, conversation of getting outside of the capital. Chris Rock had a funny joke about Americans, how they go to Jamaica and they get in a van go through the worst poverty they've ever seen, get to the resort, come back and say, um, you know, Jamaica's a beautiful place. But it's like, even if you go to London and if you're going to, you know, Seven Park Place to go eat and lay, but if you didn't go to a chippy, you know, and, and really experience what that is, um, I don't think you've been to, to London after coming from the pub, you know. So it, it's <laughs> one thing to just go, but to have that true experience yeah. and and so, you know, with that true experience, you guys are doing something that is extremely difficult because you're telling people to invest in Africa. You're telling black people to invest in Africa who may or may not have a connection, even if their parents are from there. And then you're saying, pull your money together, which group economics is one of the hardest things we have seen. Like other communities, they, they do it. Chinese, Jews, they, they do this quite well. How did that process go about saying, give us your money and we're going to go in and make something happen? How long did that take? You know, give us the rundown. Right. Um, I, I can go to me. Um, yeah, I, think, I, I, think, I think the first part of that was um, shared value and shared vision. Um, I think we, we did spend a lot of time sort of discussing um, outside of actually the official um, us coming together, a lot of the um, um, people in the group, we kind of knew each other. And what it was about is there's always been the narrative among the group in different settings that we have to be involved in changing the narrative when it comes to Africa. It, it, it was a conscious thing. You could even say political, mm-hmm. or you could say it's a campaign, because we knew that a lot of the narrative were controlled by other people. Um, it's, it's almost, how, how do I put it? If um, there's a quote, I, I, I I'm going to paraphrase here. When you allow other people to write your own story, you're definitely going to allow other people to set how other people look at you. Because at the end of the day, like you just touched on Chris Rock joke and um, regarding Jamaica. The truth to the matter is that yes, Africa is struggling. Yes, Africa is underperforming. Um, but we also know the reasoning we ha- um, behind that. We also understand the powers that be, um, the struggles in the past. But at the same time, 
Africa is also it's a rising. It's it's going. There's uh, amazing things going on there, and if you look at the West, the the power they have has been the fact they were they able to control the narrative. Um, for example, I don't know how people perceive UK um, from the US, but I'm pretty sure what you're going to be seeing most of the time about the UK is going to be um, 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 about the royal family. You're going to see Buckingham Palace. You're going to see the Oxford Streets. You're going to see mm. all of these amazing, beautiful places. But if I was to tell you there are places in London that I would think twice before I even step into it, you wouldn't believe me. A lot of people won't believe that because that's not always going to be out there in the media. The same in America as well. We understand that this is a very common play. So to us, the African Investment Club, we knew there was one thing was important was for us to have a shared vision value about portraying Africa as a place you can invest in. But also the agenda was that we also have to change the narrative when it comes to motherland. So the group, already we had that common ground. So it was easier for us to then say, we're going to put our money to this. We're going to put, uh, you know, put our, our money where our mouth is because we're not just going to say, oh, we want to change Africa. We want to change the narrative. We want to portray a positive image and we don't put money in it. And also as a group of eight, it was much easier because, um, like you said, group economics, um, we were able to research what other communities have been doing in the past and we know that when it comes to the African community or the African diasporans, we're very, we're, we're way behind. We've never really picked on, on utilizing the fact that, you know, going together is more stronger than going as, you know, as one or just um, um, as an individual. Because, for an example, as a group, we're able to invest in a project and our exposure to risk is smaller. Um, that's definitely one advantage. The other part about it is we're sharing knowledge. As in a group, we've got um, we've got consultants, um, we've got people in the finance sector, we've got people in 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 um, in um, different um, even the green sector. We've the group is very strong, so we're able to tap into that, in able to refine what we're trying to do on ground. So, I guess the point I'm trying to make is when you have a shared vision, shared value it is much easier to then execute the, um, um, the economics of um, um, group or the group economics because you know you already, you already have your values set. You already have that conversation. So I would say that our group is, in a way, we are very much conscious about the African narrative. So, and I think it would be harder if you were trying to put a group together with people that don't feel the same way about the motherland or don't understand the struggle of the motherland and don't feel that they should be involved in making that change. Timmy, did you have anything you wanted to add? Um, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, and it goes back to, you know, the, the African proverb everybody knows, if you want to go far, go together. If you want to go fast, go alone. And so with that, let's talk about these projects. Um, how much money initially was put into certain projects? What has been done? Because this audience loves to hear about money. Uh, they love to hear about, wow, I, I tell them about investments that I have on the continent. And they say, 32% on your money? Wow. 
and they start getting almost greedy. And, and so you have to, you know, it, it takes a, a, a certain mindset to tell people this isn't 419. This is not, you know, this, this is no, no joke. This is, these are real businesses, but they are high risk. So yeah. tell those, those first projects or how many projects does the club um, have going at this time? So we currently have two projects going on at the time. Um, one of which is a stock and shares investment account um, that we, we use to kind of, you know, build funds for the team for us to reinvest back into our second investment, which is um, a pineapple farm in Ghana. So we have a pineapple farm. We also have cash crops such as like peppers, um, okra that were grown as well in um, Ghana. Um, and we, we, we have five acres, but we've started off with using one acre um, just to kind of test and see if everything's going well, which, which it has been so far. Um, and I guess with, with funding, it's the case of, you know, we've got that cost split between eight people. So it's not kind of a heavy cost on each of us. Um, I, I don't know if you want to chip in, Jason, but it just enables us to kind of share, to share the burden throughout the team. Um, we're, we're currently going into harvest so we haven't um, got a, a strong kind of financials of how much we've made so far but we've got our predictions and they're looking pretty good yeah I mean in, in just um, adding to what Timmy just said I think um, a, a lot of the um, initial cost was sort of around us um, uh, making sure we get um, the structures in place um, and also we We've obviously realized that, okay, with what's going on at the moment, um, the, the, you know, the stock of shares was really, um, was really important for us because, yeah, I mean, it could, it could sound like a little bit of a play. We take the money from here and we go back home. It is what it is. Uh, we, you know, um, but it was also um, probably less of um, um, uh, structure around setting that up However, when it comes to the farm, that has been a structure um, a, a lot more because we really know that we, um, um, we have to kind of um, be able to um, try out certain things to be able to know that it works and it works perfectly so that we can then scale up to the level we're in. I think the team is ready um, on a much, much bigger scale to, to scale up but however, we want to do things properly. It's very important for to make sure what we do um, um, is done properly with, before we even jump into that um, into the bigger scale up. Which at the moment um, it is looking quite big, but we have to be kind of mindful of how we approach that. Um, and like you said, in terms of the the fraud side of things, as a collective of the group at the moment, we don't actually. Um, take on any investment from external people outside of the group of eight and that is because again we are not in this for a quick buck we are in this for a long term and if it ever comes to a point that we might be able to support other diasporans to be able to invest through our vehicle um, our record will speak for itself and to be honest with you we'll be very selective around that because um, the vision and the mission and anyone that wants to jump on board when that time comes in the future would have to be in line with our vision and mission about motherland. I, I you know, that's, 
that's very wise because I've seen so many groups and I've seen groups break up so quickly because everybody, you know, sometimes everybody wants to be the chief and, and they don't want to just, you know, play their, their role. But then you have folks and out here I, in Florida, you know, we're part of venture funds and in Seattle, we were very blessed to, you know, have angel investors wanting to throw money. And you have those people who want to throw money at you all the time. But as soon as they give you a certain amount of money, what, you know, they then feel like they own the group or they can start, you know, taking over. So do you, do you ever worry about like, Jason, since you're a co-founder, how do you say, okay, I'm going to let Kimmy play this part because she knows this more than me and having your ego in check or if Kimmy comes in and says, you know, the money that you need, my bride price was, was more than that. So I, I have it and I can just get it. Um, as someone who founded this, how do you, you know, navigate that? Because you'll have those people who try to come in and just throw money or they're brilliant and they'll just try to throw ideas and say, but I need to run it. But how does the dynamics of the group work with ego, I guess, is my, my question. Oh, I mean, look, I, I think when it comes to that part, again, it needs to go back to how do you see yourself? I think we see ourselves as a family. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we've identified um, each of us strength. I think what, one of the things that we've done at the early stages was we've done a personality test as a group. Which is pretty amazing because what happens is that with a personality test that we did, we're able to understand each individual, how they think and what that was. And I think immediately from that, what we're able to address, obviously we still have time going, what we're able to address was we understand how that person is supposed to act. So if you know how they're supposed to act, you need to give the benefit of doubt to that particular individual. But everything has to still find, I mean, still needs to fall in a line in terms of where we want to go to or where we want to get to at the end. So what you do find out is that even sometimes when we might um, probably disagree in, 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 in certain instance, we disagree in a positive way because we understand your, an idea needs to be refined so if, if I'm going, let, let me, I'll give you an example. A lot of the time, what we do in the group is we play the devil's advocate. As in, I know this is an amazing idea, but you know what? I'm going to try and put holes through this. Why am I doing this? Because we want our talk to be refined. So we already understand that every single person in the group should be able to do such. Because if those questions are answered in the group, then definitely we can answer that question outside the group. So the group understand afterwards, we're fine. We're laughing, we're talking, we're family, we understand that. So, and, and when it comes to who is the boss, who is not the boss, look, when we take over the world, then we can decide how we're going to split the motherland into our own people, right? We work, we make it happen. Um, also, just to add on to that, another thing we've done is we, we've allocated everyone to their strengths. So um, there's people who are strong on finance. They, can, they handle the finance part. People who are strong on the public speaking, they handle that part. Like we allocate people to their key strengths. And we've done, we know 
everyone's key strengths through um kind of listing like jason said the personality test through going through that and understanding one another but also um through kind of listing the skills and and the qualifications we have so we kind of understand each other very well we're quite like jason said a family so we're it's deeper than just business and making money it's more a relationship and building family building connections with each other as well I, I, I love this. I have to ask, Jason, um, when you did the personality test, you're, you're married, yes? Yeah, yes. Was that your wife's idea? <laughs> oh, are, are we, we going to talk about that part? Because that's a personality <laughs> test part that I don't think we're ever going to get the result for. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, um, no matter what personality test you do, the, the minute you say I do, um, you might have to take that every single hour. Um, but hey, and you just need to be ready to evolve along that line. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but then, then, definitely, I was, it wasn't actually, it was actually um, Ian. Ian is one of our um, consultants. He's um, amazing. He's really good at what he does. And um, he, he works on big, massive projects. And I think this is something that he has had to when he goes to organizations to kind of help them restructure, this was part of what they do. So I think it was very important for him to introduce that to the group. And I think it was, it was really good. It was good to do it. It was um, revealing for one, because once you do the personality test, it's not just other people knowing who you are. It's also good for you to look at yourself in the mirror and think, you know what? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, there are ways I can also change and adapt you know, and also understand that my behavior might be seen by the other not to be totally nice, you know. So, yeah, it was more also reflective of ah, individuals that were taking it, but then also a collective as a group knowing that even when I have my bad day or when I sleep, you know, I will still get the benefit and I'll still get the love from my team and my fam. So, yeah. Well, I love that. And I, I ask all my guests, and you guys have mentioned it and touched upon it, but you can even go deeper or talk about, you know, another project. But what is a community give back that you guys are doing or that you plan on doing in the future? Jim, to take this one. So one thing we're, we're doing is, like I said, we're hiring local locals into our farm to work for us. So we're not just kind of looking for anyone we're kind of trying to keep it localized within those who live within the community so we can you know kind of help build their economy as well um we are looking to kind of empower women going forward as well we've been putting in uh, putting together schemes on how we can empower more women within the community and get them to get into farming as um more and like kind of get them to work on our farms so we can kind of build them up um, in that area we're looking at you know developing them getting them skills professionally um so sending them to school in the future um we're also interested in building like a foundation as well um where we can you know kind of help those who i need in the local area um so there's just a few um jason don't know if you have any to add as well but that's mainly what we've been looking at um, yeah, I think um, th we that part of the other thing is um, we've been quite conscious of um, making sure we are not just like who we are trying to 
stop, um, you know, um, taking advantage of the motherland. And, and that means we are very conscious of how we want to invest, meaning if we're investing, the community needs to benefit from it. And tendency is um, we've, we've realized that other people, when they do investment in Africa, they don't really care. They, they just kind of, it's quite destructive in a way. So even in the group, like, for example, Marco, a part of a group member, he, he's um, pretty much our green guy. He's very conscious. Everything we do needs to be very, we, he's, he literally will just hold us on it. We, we, we have to be very careful and that our investment doesn't destroy things. So, and, and it's okay. a good thing. Yeah. And even sometimes at the detriment of financial gain, but hey, that's, that's what the difference is about. So um, we are, um, in a way, very conscious about that. We do want to carry the community along. Um, and, and above all, we do want... Um, there are little things, little, little things that I think plays a part in terms of how we engage with the community. You know, we, when, for example, when we visit, we're there, we're, we're part of the community and we're always thinking about how do we add value to what we do, especially in the farming side of things. So there, there is that conscious conversation around, um, rather than doing exactly what everyone's been doing, everything that they grow is being shipped out or, Mirrors are being sucked out. We're thinking, how do we process it in the community? So it, it, it provides more job for the community or brings in more funds or investment into the community. So this is, this is things that we're thinking about. They're adding value to what we do that will create more wealth and more, th- uh, and, and, and more to the community that we're involved in is pretty much really at the key um, um, whenever we're making a decision on investment. And, and it's going to be so with the others that we have in mind already. I, I love that. And to, you know, have the community and make sure you hire local and not those who are trying to colonize. And many people think when I say that, they say, you mean the West or you mean China? But I even mean folks who are coming from the West and using their money. You know, mm-hmm. We, we all want to, you know, make the money, but not to colonize. And then here we are selling the plantain and the banana, taking words from Akala, one of your guys' hometown heroes. Yeah. Now that's cool. And I'll let you guys finish it. That's old school, Akala. But, um, you know, I, I love this. I love this. Now, if a group is listening and they're on the continent and they say, hey, consider us for an investment. We have something here, whether it's in tech, agriculture. What is the best way for them to reach out? Do you mean um, how they can contact us? How they can contact you and say, you know, consider us for your next investment. So we're on all socials. We're on Twitter at Africa underscore club. Um, We're on Instagram at Africa Investment Club, um, as well as Facebook. Um, And our email is Africa Investment Club at gmail.com. And with that, you guys, we're going to take the conversation offline because Jason said he wanted to have questions for me. But, you know, like a great journalist, it's all about African Investment Club. We'll take what I'm doing, the little piece that I'm doing off air, and we will talk. So you guys make sure you like, share, subscribe, and be blessed.
Thank you so much. Thank you.